the keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. The 49ers 53-man roster is pretty much realized. Of course, Kyle Shanahan came to the mic earlier and said, your final 53 on Tuesday isn't always the 53-man roster. And I think we know what he's talking about. There was a couple of players we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now that are veterans that you could go ahead and release and know that you could bring them back. And the 49ers probably have exercised that with Kerry Hyder and with Austin Bryant. And we'll get all into that in this episode. Really excited to talk about this roster and how it's made up. There were a couple of things, of course, that were maybe different than what a lot of people were expecting. Uh, but it, overall, I thought the, you know, the roster came pretty close uh, to what most believe. So let's get right into this. How exactly the 49ers went about building their 53-man roster, uh, so that way we can, you know, get a really good idea of just, you know, the guys who are making it, the guys who are doing the things that they need to do uh, to be a part of this team, and that's what I'm really excited to talk about is this 53-man roster, and like, you know, Golden Dragon said, you know, hey, the 53-man roster looks pretty good, and I think that's what we're hoping we were going to have happen, so let's go through uh, some of the things that happened as far as injuries and just get into that first. First off, they did exactly what everyone was expecting with Darrell Luter Jr. They left Darrell Luter Jr. on uh, the physically unable to perform list, which means they could bring him off after four games. So they still have the option to lose or to use Darrell Luter Jr. during this upcoming season, but they also have the potential just to redshirt him and leave him on the pup list for the entire season. But it was a smart way to not lose a young player where it was going to be very tough to be able to get him on your active 53-man roster. So Luter Jr. makes it to the 49ers roster, but not as one of the initial 53 guys. Then they placed a, a few guys on the injured reserve list. As expected, Cameron Latu, season is over. He goes on the 49ers uh, injured reserve, ending his season after it was revealed that in the last preseason game, he suffered a torn meniscus that was going to result in season-ending surgery. Of course, he probably could have came back, but with the limitations about how many players you can bring back from the injured reserve during the season. Cameron Latu season's over, and they can uh, develop him for next year. Of course, no practice, uh, none of that, but he can be around the facility and still be learning. Also, Taylor Hawkins, who had broke his hand during the last preseason game, the 49ers put him on the IR, which means they stockpile him for next year. Kicker Zang Gonzalez with a calf. They're going to come to an injury settlement with him at some point, and then he will move on to another team. Same with cornerback A.J. Parker, who pulled his hamstring. Uh, he ends up on IR, too. So the 49ers cleared up four roster spots with injured reserve designations and one keeping uh, Terrell Luter Jr. on the pup list. So I think that's uh, kind of where we're at. And then James says, hey, yo, any move in our cap space after the cuts? Uh, that I don't know yet. It's got, it just saw what the cuts are. Eventually, we'll get an idea you know, of what guys they cut, which veterans are going to bring the salary cap space to, uh, back down. But also, we'll see what happens when the 49ers make a, a couple more moves. And when they make those moves, they'll end up bringing Kerry Hyder and Austin Bryant back. So I don't know exactly what their new contracts are going to look like. They were both on one-year deals. Kerry Hyder had no guaranteed money. So we'll see what happens if they end up having guaranteed money, um, you know, on those things. So we'll see how it ends up bringing, you know, playing out. But right now, we I don't know the financial ramifications of the 49ers' initial moves. So let's talk about uh, players for the 49ers that are being released. And released, of course, if you've been on, you know that released is different uh, than players that are waived. Released players are vested veterans who have more than four accrued seasons. They can just be released and then go to any team they want, and they were prime candidates for the 49ers to use them to potentially – bring back to their active roster because you have to make sure, you know, you have the capabilities of moving some guys to the IR and making moves. So you don't lose guys like Danny Gray or Ray Ray McLeod 
and then you can kind of formulate the way you break down your uh, overall roster. So let's go through these players who have been released. Uh, defensive end Austin Bryant, who is fully expected, according to Matt Miyoko and many others that are tied in, Austin Bryant to return to the 49ers uh, pretty soon. Uh, Chris Conley, he's another candidate to potentially come back. We'll see if that materializes. Tight end Troy Fumagalli. Uh, Fumagalli did really good in week one against the Raiders, and I thought after that was kind of, you know, par for the course, normal. Uh, so he ends up moving on. We'll see if that ends up being a practice squad player for the 49ers. Running back Brian Hill, who just got here last week, that's not a surprise. Uh, Kerry Hyder, he's been one that I've definitely targeted recently with my thoughts that he could be somebody the 49ers should go to and say, hey, Kerry, we want you on this team, but we need to free up a roster spot. And I had a feeling with the no guaranteed money built into his contract, he was going to be somebody they could count on to do that sort of thing for them, and he did. Uh, defensive lineman T.Y. McGill, he, he's been released. We'll see if he ends up on the 49ers practice squad. Jeremy Nichols, who the 49ers brought in late after they moved on from Ronald A. Watt and eventually Kalen Laburn. Uh, Jeremy McNichols looked pr pretty good in preseason, but he got hurt. Will he eventually go back to the 49ers uh, practice squad with them just outright releasing him and not putting him on IR with a injury designation? That's a possibility. Uh, Anthony Miller, the wide receiver who just got here. Yeah, there's no way he was going to make this team after being here for, you know, three or four days. And then wide receiver Willie Sneed, who I do think will end up on the 49ers uh, practice squad because he's somebody that 49ers know they can count on and they can use him as far as the punt and kick return as well. So I'm kind of excited about, you know, the overall uh, build of the team. I know we're losing some players. But it's, uh, you know, this is how it has to happen. We'll see which 16 guys end up on the 49ers practice squad. Of course, that means 10 young players. They can't have more than two accrued seasons and then six veteran players. James says, we need a right tackle. Right side of the line is an injury waiting to happen. I think right tackle is pretty solid now. Cole McKivitz looked really good during the preseason. He looked good during training camp every day that I was out there. And I thought that Matt Pryor really came on during the preseason and kind of solidified that right side. And with the 49ers electing to keep Matt Pryor, uh, the 49ers feel comfortable with their tackle position. They kept Jalen Moore on the left side. They kept Matt Pryor on the right side. So it wasn't that big of a, a mystery to see that they feel better about this offensive line than maybe a lot of people do. And I think that's okay. You know, I, I think, I think uh, Coach Chris Furster's earned a little bit of that credit because he's continued to develop players. You know, there was a lot of talk after the rookie season when Aaron Banks didn't play that he was a bust. But look at Aaron Banks. He's back and, you know, he's handling business. So uh, I'm okay with, you know, what they're doing there. And then let's go to the waived category. Uh, waived, of course, means guys who are young players who don't have four accrued seasons. And these guys can be claimed by other players around the league. It's a long list. I put up half on the screen for those of you guys that are watching on YouTube. So uh, yeah, defensive lineman Alex Barrett. And Alex Barrett had a really good camp and he had a really good preseason but he has been on the 49ers practice squad for three years. And I thought overall he didn't do enough to make this roster. So this one wasn't surprising for me. One that's entirely difficult for everyone. I mean, most people uh, really wanted this guy on their team is fullback Jack Coletto. And the reality of the situation is the 49ers couldn't keep two fullbacks on their active roster. There was just no way to keep Coletto. If Coletto clears waivers and makes it to the 49ers practice squad, uh, they're sitting good because in that potential of Coletto competing with Kyle Juszczyk next year, the 49ers making a move to go to Coletto next year is a possibility. But right now he's not in uh, Kyle Juszczyk's area or realm. Uh, Juszczyk's still an all-pro in this league, one of the best that, that does it at fullback and has so many capabilities. You had to go ahead and make this move. Uh, it's unfortunate that Jack Coletto moves on, uh, but we'll see. If a team claims him, it's entirely possible. Uh, then he'll be moving on, and he does have to clear waivers. Defensive tackle Marlon Davidson, uh, he impressed. He showed out. I'm sure the 49ers would love to get him to the practice squad. We'll see if that's a possibility. Offensive lineman Joey Fisher has a lot of development to do. Uh, a lot of strength, a lot of speed, a lot, speed, a lot of size, but he's got a lot of development to do, and that's something that Coach Chris Furster talked about in a, in a big way. You know what I mean? They, he talked about the fact that you've got to continue to develop because you were learning different techniques and things in college. So uh, he's going to be moving on. And what's up, Randy? How's it going? Randy Daytona in the house says, what's up, Ant and Faithful? Um, 
I think that, you know, you just got to continue to um, get better and maybe Joey Fisher will get that opportunity on the practice squad, but with it only being 16, even though it's a much larger practice squad than it used to be in the past, it's still tough. Uh, of course, Alfredo Gutierrez is go. It was waived. He will clear waivers and he will end up on the 49ers practice squad as a 17th player because of the roster exemption safety, miles Hartsfeld. I think this one became more clear, uh, just never really lived up to the expectations of what some of us thought when he was signed. But I thought that overall he helped Steve Wilkes bring in his philosophy. So in that part, he played a pivotal role in helping Wilkes instill this. Uh, and then you got a couple of guys like uh, Keith Ishmael, uh, who's a you know, career backup and maybe a practice squad guy with center and guard potential. Uh, he didn't do enough to make this roster. I think that was clear and evident on this team. Uh, Deshaun Jameson and Quantrez Knight. Wow. Deshaun Jameson is played his butt off in this game. I thought, or in this uh, preseason and training camp, I thought he was probably uh, one of the guys I had put on the active 53. So he's one of the ones that I missed on. I thought he had done enough, especially in the last preseason game to secure his spot as a cornerback on this team. But the 49ers felt with the roster, the way it was that he was going to be waived. They probably feel they can get him to the practice squad. And if they can, uh, then kudos to them on this move. And with Quantrez Knight, he's just a versatile do-it-all guy. I expect him to end up back on the 49ers practice squad and, uh, you know, and be, be a guy that they need. And then uh, center Corey Luciano, uh, he was also waived. And, and, you know, I really think he never moved past like fourth center on the roster. So I don't think that one was a huge surprise. Uh, we'll see. I don't think he'll end up on the 49ers practice squad. I think they have so many other offensive linemen that they could potentially go with that I just don't think they end up going with Corey Luciano on the practice squad. So uh, that could be kind of the, you know, the end of, of him overall as far as with the 49ers organization, unfortunately. So we'll see. There's a little bit more of these guys uh, that, that were waived, of course, um, because of, you know, just you had to you had to release a lot of guys. You had to waive a lot of guys uh, during this time. And here we're going to get to some heavy hitters. I saved it kind of for last. Il Manning, you know, Matt Mayoko even put out a tweet earlier in the day that he expected Il Manning and Deshaun Jameson to make this 53-man roster. I have not been in the category where I believed Il Manning was going to make this roster. I thought at six foot two he was undersized. Just listening to things Chris Furster talked about when they signed him, they've been impressed with him, and I think they would like to get him to the practice squad by and then eventually move him to guard because I think with a six-two size, a six-two frame. He does have a better chance of playing guard than even Jason Poe, who was also waived. Um, but I think that Il Manning playing left tackle, it wasn't a real option in the NFL. He gave up so much length. I know he did a pretty good job, and I don't want to take anything away from him, but making this roster was going to be tremendously dif difficult with the tackles uh, that were ahead of him. You had Trent Williams. You had Colt McKivitz. They're solid. And then you had a huge uh, tackle in Matt Pryor, and he once he proved he could play in this zone scheme, he was going to make this roster, and I thought he looked good. And then Jalen Moore uh, has a, much improved over the last two years, and this year he's taken another advancement. I think everyone that watched that Chargers game seen how comfortable he looked. Uh, so that's why Il Manning ends up not making the roster. Jason Poe ends up not making the roster. And then, of course, offensive lineman Leroy Watson ends up not making the roster either. He's making the transition from tight end to tackle. I thought he did a pretty good job in that first year of the transition. He's a definite guy that could end up on the 40 yards practice squad because of his potential, his height, his 35 inch arms. I thought that there was still a lot of work to do and you could see some holes in his game, but I'm sure they're happy with his advancement as far as his technique, but also his size going from about 270 pounds last year to about 310 pounds this year. Huge advancement, still got the athletic ability. He's someone to watch and monitor and see how he operates on the 49ers practice squad. At the wide receiver position, the 49ers moved on from Tay Martin. I think he's a candidate for the practice squad as well. Pretty good training camp, pretty good preseason. Uh, but the 49ers roster at wide receiver, absolutely stacked. Linebacker Marcelina McCurry-Ball. This is the one I was struggling with when I did my 53-man roster prediction. I said I, I thought they would probably go with the young guys, but DFF had the potential with the special teams. And the exact scenario I gave was 
Uh, you know, you have Brian Schneider say, hey, McCurry Ball and DFF are playing at the same, or, you know, uh, Coach Holland said they're playing at the same level. Coach Schneider could come say, well, DFF's better at special teams, and you end up going that route. So they do go with DFF, and DFF is going to be the sixth linebacker to go with D winners, Jalen Graham, uh, Oren Burks, who's going to start at Sam Backer. So the 40 yards did keep six linebackers, and so it's a, it's a pretty solid room overall uh, for the 49ers because they did go ahead and wave Curtis Robinson as well. Last year, Curtis Robinson made the 49ers active 53-man roster. The next day, they put him on IR. Eventually, they brought him off of IR. Well, this year, they decided they were going to go ahead, move on from Curtis Robinson. Last year, he finished on the practice squad. We'll see if he ends up going that route. It's a possibility him and Marceline McCurry Ball could both end up as linebackers on the 49ers practice squad if one of these other teams doesn't come through and pick those. Uh, and then cornerback Trey Swilling, he was waived. I thought he he did okay, but he never really got past the third group of of cornerbacks. And then wide, wide receiver Isaiah Winstead, who I know the 49ers like. He showed out a lot against the Chargers and showed some really good skills. Uh, but it's tough. You know, he he just it wasn't able to overcome and be able to make this roster. So he's gonna be moving on uh for the you know for the 49ers and We'll we'll see what these rosters in or what this ends up happening. What happens to the next day with who ends up making you know the 49ers uh, roster again? Because you know we expect guys to come back. Kyle Shanahan's comments about who's going to come back, and I think we could take a look, you know, at the 49ers uh, depth chart overall, and even at even at positions, you go ahead and you look at the different ones. So um, I think it's a it's a fun look at the 49ers roster. Because now you can see how it plays out. So at wide receiver, uh, the 49ers kept uh, Brandon Ayuk. They kept Debo Samuel. Um, they kept uh, Jawan Jennings, which I don't think surprised anyone that those were the top three guys that were ended that, that were kept. Uh, they kept Danny Gray, Raven McLeod. We'll see what roster moves come from those two guys potentially. You know which one ends up on the IR. I'm guessing if I had to guess. I think it's going to end up being Danny Gray that ends up on the IR with Ray Ray McLeod potentially coming back sooner. Uh, so I think that's a possibility. And then Ronnie Bell, he makes the roster. Uh, so wide receiver wise, uh, from predictions the other day, from yesterday, com- you know, all six guys made it at quarterback. Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Brandon Allen are your quarterbacks. So they did elect to keep Brandon Allen. That's what I thought they were going to do. Uh, running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, Ty Davis-Price, and Kyle Juszczyk are the five running backs that they keep. No surprises there. That's exactly what we said yesterday. At tight end, here's where it got interesting. The 49ers elected to keep four tight ends, so they did not release Ross Dwelly, but they kept Ross Dwelly on the active roster. They moved Cameron Latu to the IR, and they cut Troy Fumagalli. So they did keep four tight ends. That was a difference. I had them keeping Kittle, Warner, and Willis, and they they kept those three, but they also um, went ahead and, and kept Ross Dwelly as well. And then along the offensive line, they kept your five starters, Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford, Colt McKivitz, John Feliciano, Jalen Moore, Matt Pryor. And then I told everyone yesterday, I was up in the air about Nick Sakel. I, had to, I cut him because of you know the move to keep uh, Brandon Allen. Well, they kept Nick Sakel, and he's going to be the guy, and this is exactly what I wanted early on. Nine offensive linemen, two backup tackles, two backup interior guys. I think the 49ers have their offensive line pretty much set up, and that's the reason they do what they do on off or on defensive line. Nick Bosa's still going to be uh, a guy that's on the, the list as a, you know, as a, a exemption right now. Geez, I had a hard time getting that out. But, yeah, he's an exemption right now. And so I think that, you know, when you're looking at the way they had to build the roster, they did use some veterans to be able to get guys uh, to their main roster. And so I think it's a good – overall, it was a good way to go about building their roster to make sure they could keep guys. And they did the same thing on the D-line. So Hargrave, of course, Armstead, Drake Jackson, and Cleveland Farrell, they're all right now would – you know, they're all part of the the starting group. Maybe Drake Jackson, you could switch out Kerry Hyder, but they released Kerry Hyder. They released Austin Bryant. I had both of them making the roster, but instead of both of them making the roster, 
Uh, they did keep Kalia Davis. Uh, so Kalia Davis was kept on the roster. So the thought process was he played in the, the week three preseason game. It's either he's making the roster or they don't believe he's good enough that even if you waved him, he cleared. Well, they are definitely high on him. So they kept four interior guys, or sorry, five interior guys, Hargrave, Armstead, Kinlaw, Givens, and Kalia Davis. So those are the five guys on the inside. And they kept on the outside, Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell, and Robert Beal Jr. Well, let's see what happens with Robert Beal Jr. tomorrow. If Robert Beal Jr. then goes on IR, then that will free up one of those spots for them to potentially bring back you know, somebody that they they went ahead and moved on from like Austin Bryant or Kerry Hyder, who are both expected to come back. So we talked about linebackers earlier. The one difference between what we predicted yesterday and today, Marcelina McCurry ball, he was waived and the 49ers elected to keep DFF. At cornerback to make sure they had roster spots at other areas, uh, the 49ers kept Charvarius Ward, Diameter Lador, Sam Womack, Ambry Thomas, and Isaiah Oliver, even though most thought he was going to get uh, waived or released, he's on the active roster, and they they waived Deshaun Jameson, which is going to uh, get a lot of people's attention. And Jameson will not be on the the 49ers of 53 man roster as of right now. Let's see if he ends up making it to the 49ers practice squad. So it's it's uh it's very interesting. And and Josh says, don't say that. And and what's up, Josh? How's it going? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, Robert Beal Jr., I think he's going to go on the IR, but I think the reason he goes on the IR is because they could end up bringing him back. I think this is the best way of not completely redshirting him for an entire season, but you put him on that IR, you have the capabilities to bring him back if you suffer injuries at other positions. So I think it was their best way to protect him, and that's obvious why they didn't play him You know, during the preseason is they wanted to keep that thought he had gotten hurt he had hurt a hamstring and they just never wanted it to be anything where they had to you know make a roster move with him and they end up keeping him on this team and I think that's important uh so then when you get to the safety position it was just exactly how everyone thought Tayshawn Gibson Talano Fonga George Odom Jair Brown and then of course your specialist Jake Moody Mitch Wisnowski and Tabor Pepper those are your guys uh so that's the 53 man roster I thought that overall it there was not really any huge shocks. Um, you know, I mean, I maybe Deshaun Jameson would have been a shock, but I was kind of going back and forth with him. Uh, I thought he had earned it recently. And so, you know, that one, the DFF Marcelino McCurry ball, I thought that was razor thin, razor tight. Uh, so to me, those weren't those weren't really, you know, too big of shocks. And and Josh is saying our edge room is lacking badly in my opinion so let's let's look at the edge and examine it just a little bit of you know who who actually made this 49ers you know roster and I think we got to remember that tomorrow we're going to get Austin Bryant Kerry Hyder the problem right now is Nick Bosa's not on there right if Nick Bosa's on there then it, it's not as glaring a need but Bosa and Cleveland Farrell are your starters I feel pretty confident about them as starters as a rotation, if your next two guys are Kerry Hyder and Drake Jackson, and Drake Jackson's got to continue to improve at setting the edge in the run, then I, I think you're pretty good. Now, it could be Austin Bryant, Kerry Hyder, with Drake Jackson just being a pass rush specialist, and if that's what it is, I'm okay with that. Uh, bring Drake Jackson in on third down, either you know slide a D-tackle or slide a defensive end inside, move, move him inside, whatever it, whatever it needs to be. I think they'll be okay. Do I think this is the most depth they've had a defensive end? No. I, I'm not sure that this one rivals some of the others. But I think that Cleveland Farrell is going to surprise some people. And I think that the help that Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead are going to give to those defensive ends are going to be on display. And I think once you start getting an initial push for those guys, from those guys, it's going to help everyone else. Um, I also think that the defensive line is going to play better against the run. Once you add in all pro Fred, Dre Greenlaw, and Oren Burks consistently, I think that's going to help as well because a lot of those double teams, if you can just hold your ground a little bit, those linebackers then are free. If there's movement, then they can push up, get to second level, and make those uh, blocks on linebackers. But these linebackers the 49ers had playing are not as talented as that top group. And so you've seen it a lot of times. They didn't find their windows. They didn't get downhill. They got caught up in traffic. 
and those things are going to have to improve on. Uh, so it, it will be a, a vast improvement there. But do I think it's as good as we've had in the last couple of years? Probably not. Do I think it can develop during the season under Chris Kacarek? Yes. And with the way that Coach Steve Wilkes likes to manufacture pressure, uh, he could bring blitzes, especially showing blitzes in the middle with Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, who blitz very good. But also one of the reasons he brought Isaiah Oliver here was his blitzing ability off the edge. And that can still happen, especially when he's playing big nickel. But also, Hufong is a great blitzer, and he's going to get involved, and we'll see what he does. But also, Diamond Lenore is a really good blitzer when he's playing nickel as well. So those are some things to watch. And then we got a nice one here from uh, Randy Daytona. He says, who's covering the Seattle wide receivers? Who's guarding Cooper Cup twice this season? Cooper Cup is going to get covered by Diamond Lenore. That's who's covering Cooper Cup. And covering the Seattle wide receivers is is – just like it was before. I mean, Diameter Lenore went one-on-one -on -one with DK Metcalf in the playoffs. Did it always work out? No. Uh, but he was tight coverage. Chavarius Ward battled him pretty pretty good as well. I, I'm not too worried about overall how that works out. I know people are completely concerned about it, but it, it's it, it's what it is. I mean, uh, the, they still got to go get it done. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I like DK Metcalf. Uh, but you get pressure on Geno Smith, whether that's manufacturing or confusing him with coverage, and I think you're okay. So, I mean, yeah, we can look at that, and uh, it can definitely be a concern, but I'm not I'm not crazy about it. Randy says, yikes. Uh, what's up, Mr. Corey? Mr. Corey says, Ant, how's it going, Mr. Corey? Glad you're here. And I like this from Roberto Davis. He says, glad Danny Gray made the team. He will have a solid year. So with Danny Gray, one of the most interesting things was how good of a training camp he was having. And it's unfortunate that he ends up having a, a soreness problem, which ends up being a tightness in his groin that makes him miss, you know, the Raiders game. Uh, he comes back against the Broncos, and then that's when he hurts his shoulder when he's had, on a kick return. And he was showing the explosiveness and speed. But I think everyone's going to be excited once Danny Gray comes back because he's more he's proved now that he's more than a one-trick pony. He's not a, just a vertical threat, but he's somebody that can get after it and he can you know, make a lot of plays for you. So I'm excited about Gray. I think he's going to end up making an impact for this 49ers team, and I'm glad he made this roster for sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm cool with it. And what's up, Lou? How's it going? I hope you're having uh, a good one here. And then, you know, Mr. Corey says, the Cameron Latu pick should have been Dewan Jones. And I think a lot of people are believing that that is the case. Uh, I don't think that Dewan Jones is exactly what the 49ers look for in an offensive lineman. They were taking an experiment with Matt Pryor, and Dewan Jones is even bigger than that. So they didn't want to go this way with Trent Brown, and I don't think they wanted to go the, this way with Dewan Jones. Uh, but Dewan Jones has proven that he's a big-time player. So, I mean, you can second-guess him uh, if, if you want. I just don't think he fit what the 49ers look for in offensive lineman. Josh says, Ambry scares me at cornerback too, and I think that's a realistic fear. Uh, the only thing I could take out of it, this, you know, the, the thought process behind it is coach Steve Wilkes is the one that's signing off on it. There are defensive backs that are available on the open market right now. They got, you know, released at the 49ers. If they felt like it was an issue could address the cornerback position. Um, I don't think that that's a, a big worry right now for them. I think they're going to go out there and see how it, how it plays out. And I have a feeling that, you know, Ambry Thomas is going to play better than we expect. Do I think he's going to play all pro, you know, caliber levels? I haven't seen that, uh, but I also haven't seen this defense in full force either. And I think that's something to remember when you get all the forces together. You know, we never seen a lot of the guys, including Bosa or Drake Greenlaw during the entire offseason. And Pert says, do we have a kicker? Yeah, Jake Moody. Jake Moody's the kicker right now. I know that he's dealing with a quad injury. And the 49ers are going to have to make a decision on him, but he's on the active 53 man roster. The 49ers brought in a couple of kickers yesterday and worked them out. Those guys, if they decide there's all kinds of kicker movement around the NFL, it's crazy trades releases. Uh, it's crazy. They can bring a kicker onto the, the practice squad. And then that kicker can be elevated for week one. If Jake Moody's not capable of going, but it's a short term fix, not a long term fix. If it was something that was going to hold Jake Moody out for the season, then they would put him on the season-ending IR, and they would go with a different kicker. So I, I think that right now the kicker situation is okay, but we'll see. If this thing lingers, it could be a problem. Roberto says, Ant, do you think the Niners will be looking for edges that get cut on other teams? I think it's a good idea. I think you always do. 
you always look to see what other people are putting out there. Hey, maybe you think it's an improvement over a player that you have. So yeah, you always evaluate it. You know, I've thought that they should look at guys and maybe bring them to the practice squad. And I think that's a really good testing ground. You can convince a guy that maybe is underperformed that you think has a lot of talent, bring them into your practice squad, let them work. And if they show you something, you can always make a roster move. You can elevate them, see what they could do. Uh, so I, I think that it's definitely a possibility. And and why not? Uh, why not? And here we go. Portola says Trent Taylor got cut, sign him for punt and, and returns veteran player. It all depends on if you like him more than Willie Sneed, because I think that's what Willie Sneed's role is going to be. Willie Sneed is going to be likely on the 49ers practice squad. He did it last year. The fact that he, you know, is comfortable right now with this current roster. I think Snead is the, probably the guy that does it. Uh, but Trent Taylor would make sense. He's a Kyle Shanahan guy. So uh, that's definitely a, a possibility, Portolo. And I think everyone should kind of, you know, take a look at that. So Lou's wanting to know who got released. So I'll go ahead and go through the list real quick. So these, the 49ers made a few roster moves as far as they kept Cameron, uh, or sorry, Darrell Luter Jr. on the pup list. Uh, then they went ahead and they added these kickers to the injured li injury list, ending their seasons. This is kicker Zane Gonzalez, safety Taylor Hawkins, tight end Cameron Latu, and cornerback A.J. Parker. All of them seasons done as far as in San Francisco. Latu and Hawkins, the belief is they're going to be redshirted, and we'll see them again next year. Parker and Gonzalez, more than likely, they end up reaching injury designations uh, or injury settlements, and they move on and go to another team. These players were released. So these are players that have more than four accrued seasons in the NFL. Uh, defensive end Austin Bryant, wide receiver Chris Conley, defensive end Troy Fumagalli, running back Brian Hill, uh, defensive end Kerry Hyder, defensive tackle T.Y. McGill, running back Jeremy Nichols, wide receivers Anthony Miller and Willie Sneed. And Matt Mayoko put out, uh, according to his sources, that defensive ends Austin Bryant and Kerry Hyder We'll be back tomorrow after the 49ers make other roster moves. Now, these players have been waived, which means they have less than four accrued seasons. All of these players can be claimed by other football teams. A defensive lineman Alex Barrett, fullback Jack Coletto, defensive lineman Marlon Davidson, offensive lineman Joey Fisher, offensive lineman Alfredo Gutierrez, safety Miles Hartsfeld, offensive lineman Keith Ishmael, cornerback Deshaun Jameson, Safety, Quantrez Knight. Center, Corey Luciano. Offensive tackle, Il Manning. Wide receiver, Tay Martin. Linebacker, Marcelino McCrary-Ball. Offensive guard, Jason Poe. Linebacker, Curtis Robinson. Cornerback, Trace Willing. Offensive tackle, Leroy Watson. And wide receiver, Isaiah Winstead. So, Lou, that's the guys. That's everyone that was waived release. Uh, and they're, they're on the move. And WTM says... What happens with Ty McGill? We'll see. It all depends on who they want to put on the practice squad. I think T.Y. McGill is a, a very good option. He was on the practice squad for the 49ers last year. The potential there. Marlon Davidson, I believe, has been the best interior defensive lineman uh, outside of the top four guys. Uh, of course, they kept Kalia Davis over him, but I think he's a potential practice squad guy as well. So uh, I think he's a potential practice squad guy. And the 49ers like to keep def interior defensive linemen there. So I think those two guys would make sense. So T.Y. McGill, we'll see if they can get him to the practice squad. He would be a veteran. Uh, so they do have to watch out how many veterans they have on the practice squad, but he would be a prime candidate for that. Let's see. BV50 says, Ant, do you think someone in the Cowboy organization sees Trey as a young Dak? Yeah, I think Jerry Jones does. Uh, the reports, everything that I've heard, uh, Jay Hill has – Somebody, if you guys have ever listened to the Ant Hill Show or listened over on Patreon to the Ant Hill Show, uh, Jay Hill has a direct connection to the organization of the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, this this person said it was a complete shock. Uh, coaches didn't know. Players didn't know. But Jerry Jones made a deal to get Trey Lance. And, you know, uh, yeah, I think Trey Lance has a lot of upside. There's no pressure for Trey Lance to be the guy right now, which is good for him. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully he starts getting some reps. Maybe Mike McCarthy will go with a three-quarterback system in practice, which I've heard they do. So maybe he'll get reps as running the scout team, and he can kind of uh, emulate some of the more athletic quarterbacks around the league. We'll see. Uh, so hoping that happens for his sake, uh, not hoping he ever plays well in Dallas and that he ends up 
uh, moving on to another team where he can play successful, hopefully in the AFC. Uh, so I can I can still support Trey Lance, but I won't support him while he's with the Dallas Cowboys because I am not a Dallas fan. Uh, Josh says, mistake to carry three quarterbacks. I think it was all about how you were going to be able to fit as many guys as you could on the roster. I think the way that the 49ers were bit by the bug last year, they're afraid to move on from a third quarterback. So I think that's why they did it. Um, I don't know if that's the right move. It would have saved them, I think, like 800000 to move on. But you're probably not getting Brandon Allen to the practice squad. The Bengals, you know, cut down to just uh, Browning as a backup quarterback. And so I think they're going to probably bring in somebody else, too. They probably would have been very comfortable bringing Brandon Allen back. So you had to keep him. Uh, I don't like keeping three quarterbacks normally, but this is what the four years have to do. And with the exemption rules, uh, they're probably going to do it. Mr. Corey says uh, Tarverius Moore got cut, too. He did. So Tarverius Moore is out there on the open market, somebody the 49ers are familiar with. Uh, so there you go. Roberto Davis says, what does Zakel do that allowed him to make the team? Zakel improved. I mean, that's just how I'm going to keep it clear. Uh, for everything that I saw on film, I think people are hypocritical of penalties, uh, maybe to the utmost degree. I think there were bad plays, especially against the Raiders. I thought Zakel struggled on several snaps, but I thought once they moved him to the left side, I thought he, he progressed nicely, and he's still six foot six, well over 300 pounds, and they knew he was a developmental pro project. You're talking about a ninth offensive lineman here. So a ninth guy you're not expecting to have to count on uh, during your season. You're expecting him to develop, and I think that's what they're looking at. They still see position versatility. And they're hoping that eventually next year he could be a Daniel Brunskill kind of player. And then they don't have to pay a veteran guys like John Feliciano. So that's what they're working towards. And I think that's what they see in him. So are they going to be right? I don't know. We've seen this kind of development arc happen for guys like Colton McKivitz, where it's, you know, they don't look good early, but eventually they develop into a very solid player. So I trust Chris Furster and the way he goes through and, develops these players and development is part of the process. So is it a finished product now? No. Also remember that when these guys are playing in the preseason, they're not really operating the scheme in which Kyle Shanahan uses these offensive weapons, getting rid of the football quickly, moving pockets, uh, the run game, getting these guys on the move, which is more, which helps all these players be more successful. The base offense, this drop back passing scheme that they run during preseason, the vanilla isn't exactly what all these guys are great at. So that's why you see rapid improvement in offensive linemen a lot of times from everyone thinking they're a bottom of the league during preseason. Then we get in the regular season and they're you know 10 to 15 potentially uh, in the league. I think it's just a lot of it has to do with scheme and how these guys play. So it does help. Lou says, was the Bosa deal held up to facilitate squeezing someone else on 53? You already said so sorry. I have not uh, addressed this. I don't think it initially was. I think they would have loved to have gotten Nick Bosa done earlier. Do I think that if they had the deal done in the last couple of days, that maybe they would have wait to officially make it a deal uh, until after the 53-man roster? Sure, why not? Right, you can get somebody else over or potentially get you know somebody else you know to the IR or whatever you have to do. That could definitely be a case, but I don't think it's a reason why they delayed. Like, oh, Nick, we're not going to get you signed until after the 53-man roster because. I don't think that was what they were thinking. I think they thought they were going to have it done already. So I don't think that was initial thoughts, but it could have been recently. And if Nick Bosa signs tomorrow after 1 p.m., then it, it was, you know, then that was probably something they did over the last couple of days. And that's okay. Uh, but I don't think it was a main thought process for them at all. Um, Roberto says Bosa deal not being signed, open a 53 man roster spot for now, regardless. That's the case. You know, and I, I think that's okay that, you know, the 49ers, if it ended up doing it, um, it's, it's how they liked it. And so Roberto says they should have kept Q Knight over Oliver and Q Knight's versatility definitely makes him an option. I love Q Knight. Everyone that has been here since I first saw him at UCLA in that draft process, huge fan where Q Knight is different than Isaiah Oliver is what's expected of the player when they play. So Steve Wilkes went out and laid out a double nickel type role where he's expecting Q, I mean, he's expecting Isaiah Oliver to play against tight ends and big slots. So he's going to go play guys that are looking like Juwan Jennings and looking like George Kittle. So a big physical corner is who's expected there and in the run game. 
when they go to other situations, I think they would have loved Isaiah Oliver to be able to cover Cooper Cup and all that. That's not happening. But now they can use two guys. So he's going to facilitate that role. The problem with Q Knight is he would facilitate the same role as a guy like Diameter Lenore. Uh, they're, they're smaller, they're scrappy, they're good tacklers, uh, they're solid in coverage. So Lenore is definitely a, a better player than Q Knight, and I think that's what they're looking at. So it's kind of one of those apples to oranges arguments where Q Knight is not the same player as Isaiah Oliver. So it's kind of a different argument overall. And what's up, David V? David V using his membership to say he's been a member for 24 months, and he says, hashtag TCC, let's go 49ers. Awesome, David V. Glad you came through and said what's up, and you're one of the classic OGs. Welcome. Really appreciate you coming through for sure. And what's up, traffic? What's up to everyone is in it? Oh, uh, yeah, Winners is on the team. Winners made it. And so um, that's good news for the 49ers overall. And Lou says, hey, who's the center guard backup? It's John Feliciano number one. So John Feliciano is going to be the first guy in for guard or center at all three spots. Then it will be Nick Zakel after that. So that's how it goes. Feliciano is expected to be the main guy. Of course, that's they'll probably have guys like uh, Keith Ishmael or others on the practice squad just in case to eventually be able to come up. So they have Matt Pryor. He's your backup right tackle. Jalen Moore is your backup left tackle. And then they've got John Feliciano, the first interior offensive lineman, then followed by Nick Zakel. So they went nine offensive linemen, and that's how they built it. And I think it's a solid – if you go back to my very first projections – uh, this is how I thought they were going to build it. I talked myself out of it along the way because I thought they were going to have to keep players at other positions. They didn't. They went and they kept the nine guys together. So um, they did not fall for what I fell for as far as changing my plans. Uh, and, um, and you know, Lewis saying, hey, can't believe they kept Oliver over Q Knight and Jameson. I will say this about Oliver. I know he missed the tackle. I know he had some bad coverage against the Raiders. But when you go watch play for play, it's not like it's all bad. You see some positives in there. I have some thoughts about him overall. Um, I don't think he played as bad as what everyone else thinks he played. Do I think he played to the level which everyone's expecting from them signing this guy as an unrestricted free agent? No. Uh, do I think he's going to get better as the season progresses? Yes, for a couple of reasons. Number one, his role's been defined. He's a big nickel. He's going to come in in uh, 12 personnel when he doesn't want his base 4-3 linebacker on the field. He doesn't want Oren Burks out there. He wants Oliver because he's better in coverage. And then he's got to help in the run. In that area, he's pretty good. What does he need to do? He needs to be better at tackling, and he needs to be better getting off box. Uh, and I think that if he can do those things, he'll be fine. I was not a huge uh, – you know, it, it didn't bug me too much about the pass interference where he got the hand on the shoulder. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not really big – you know, on any of that, but I get it. I get why people are upset. You know, they're upset to, that, you know, they lost these good players potentially. I mean, if they end up on the practice squad, they're still a part of the roster. But I think it's, like I said, apples to oranges. WTM says, Coach Ant, is it safe to say Wobak will start at corner opposite Mooney Ward looking at this 53-man roster today? No. Uh, Diameter Lenore is going to start. So Diameter Lenore is going to be the starting outside corner opposite of Mooney Ward except for when they go to sub-package. And a sub-package is nickel, dime, anything like that. Then that's when Diameter Lenore is going to move into the nickel unless it's a big nickel situation. So in big nickel situations, Lenore will stay outside and Isaiah Oliver will play inside at the nickel to cover big tight ends and big slots. But if you're going against Cooper Cup, for instance, that's when Diameter Lenore goes inside and Ambry Thomas is going to come in on the outside. And that's what Josh was talking about earlier. So... They're going to play a little bit of a game using four different guys there. I think Womack is your uh, fourth outside corner right now. And so I think you you got a, you got some depth there. Of course, they're going to have to play well. And Ambry Thomas is going to have to play well. But I think that's their thought process right now, depending on matchup and depending on you know who you're playing. So when you're playing teams that have you know bigger inside uh receivers you know these big slots that's when you're going to see isaiah oliver more when you're playing teams that have tyler lockett it, it playing in that slot position or you have guys like uh, cooper cup you're going to see diameter lenore playing in on the inside so uh yeah uh roberto says jake browning was a great quarterback at Folsom. Uh, i thought he would be awesome for the washington huskies i think injuries have held him back i actually watched jake browning play a lot of football games i went to watch a lot of Folsom. Uh, he was one of the best high school quarterbacks I ever seen in my entire life. 
Uh, the dude was just absolutely uh, fantastic. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how it goes. Sometimes you just don't develop all the way. Um, and it's unfortunate. Mr. Corey says, Ant, what do you think of Kalia Davis and Joey Fisher? I like Kalia Davis. I thought what I seen in his film from the, the Chargers game that he looked pretty good. He was staying low. I think he can develop into a very solid defensive lineman for the 49ers on the interior. I like his quickness. I like his strength. I like his leverage. Um, I think he's got a lot of work to do because he hasn't played very much football in the last couple of years, but it, I think he'll be fine. With Joey Fisher, there's a lot of technique things that he needs to work on. So what you got with Joey Fisher is an athletic freak. He's strong, he's big, and he's fast. He runs a 4.9. There's all the characteristics you like. Now the question is, and Chris Furster is the one that's worked with him day to day, so he's going to have a really good understanding of Joey Fisher, is he has to untrain some of the bad things he was doing from college. Bad technique flaws. I've seen him in games throwing shoulders when he's supposed to get hands on people. So there are some things that he needs to come out of. If he could train those things and come out of them, then I would say he's got potential to eventually develop into a NFL caliber offensive lineman. If he's not going to be able to untrain those things and every time he gets into the fire, those type of characteristics come back, then he's not going to make it. So I think Chris Furster is the one that ultimately knows that more than anyone. I think there were good plays and there were bad plays, uh, but overall there's just you know not enough right now to know what Joey Fisher could be. Uh, what's up to my guy, David Campbell? How's it going? Uh, David Campbell's in the house. And so I think that's one of the issues, you know, with offensive line play is there really are a lot of intricacies and you see film and you're like, oh man, look at this. Like that was a great play, uh, but it's the consistency of play. It's the hand placement technique, every single play. And you see a lot of that in practice. And when you're talking offensive line practice does dictate a lot of playing time. It's part of the reason I never completely bought into the ill Manning hype was not so much that ill Manning didn't look really good on film or that ill Manning didn't play well. But Il Manning never got past the third team. And the fact that he never got a, a chance on the second team, I mean, they made that move with Ishmael over Poe uh, in that last preseason game, but they didn't do that with Leroy Watson and Il Manning. I just didn't think it was a real possibility, and Furster's with them every day. That's part of the reason I didn't get onto that. So um, I think it's I think it'll be just fine for you know that those guys are there. So let's have this. Josh says, so doesn't Demo having to play both outside and inside make it difficult for him in terms of preparation? I think it does. I mean, I think that's that's a very difficult role uh, because when you're playing nickel corner, you have a wide receiver that has a two-way go. He can go outside, he can go inside. You have to really know what you're doing. Plus, in different coverages, you're playing with inside leverage, you're playing with outside leverage. Um, it's definitely more difficult because you also, I know really what you're doing, and, and let, let's a lot of people think as a cornerback, you study wide receivers. That's a fallacy. I mean, yes, you do want to know who you're playing and what their skill set is, and but you're, you want to know what the offensive play caller's tendencies are and what his route concepts are. If you understand that, then it's easier to adjust. If you're going out there and you're preparing to play against DK Metcalf because that's who you expect to line up against, and then you have to go to slot and cover Jackson Smith and Jigba with a complete different skill set, you could be in, in, in trouble. But if you negate that by not worrying about which player and more worrying about what the scheme is, what the route concepts are, then you can kind of jump some of those things. Yes, it's still difficult because they're going to have little uh, intricacies in the way that they run their routes, maybe you know their hip movement, shoulder movement, uh, the way that they, they press certain ways, their press releases. All those things can play a part in it. Uh, but I do think it's going to be harder for him, but he seems like he's ready for the challenge, and we'll see if he can do it. But it could be a problem. We'll see how that happens. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that happens. The Sentinel says, this roster does not look like a roster that can beat Kansas City or Buffalo. This roster doesn't even look like it can beat the Eagles. Well, that's why this is, uh, this is August. Uh, we don't know what the rosters are going to look like when we get to January and February. And for February is when you see Kansas City or Buffalo. We don't know what's going to happen with them. With every team in this league, you just don't know. So, I mean, everybody looks good on paper. How do you look when you get on the field? And I think that's what's important to remember. I don't really get caught up in on-paper stuff. I want to see how it ends up looking on the field. So, uh, I get what you're saying, but it, it's okay. It, it's just fine. I'm not really worried about it um, as far as paper goes. BV says, Ant, what salary number is too much for signing Bosa? I'm kind of in the category that I want to keep this thing anywhere 
around 32 to $34 million per season. Uh, so anything in that area is good. I think the, the guaranteed money is going to probably get up there close to, you know, 130 to $150 million, which is it's insane to think of. But he's going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league. I think that's the expectation. I think the 49ers are working on guaranteed money and how this thing's going to play out. So uh, to me, I don't know exactly what it'll be, but that would be my category. I think anything that gets over, you know, $34 million, if it gets into the $35 million per year, I think the 49ers got fleeced. Uh, so I don't want to see that because even though I want to see every single player get their money, if you start getting into contracts that are beyond market value, that's when you start hurting your team in other areas. So uh, you have to play hardball. You want to make they want to make it the highest paid player, but in the same category, they have to think about other roster players that they're going to want to bring back. So it's a it's a tough situation paying him for paying him what he's worth, uh, and yet not overpaying to where you completely you know destroy your team moving forward. Randy says wide receivers and quarterbacks don't even know each other's names, just numbers. A lot of times, yeah, they do. You're right, and that's the same with defensive backs. Like, oh yeah, you know, 81, 80. So that's a good point, Randy. Well done. Um, and Josh says Bosa wants close to forty million per year. In my opinion, I'm not paying it. I wouldn't. If I'm John and Kyle, I don't pay it. I, I would not pay forty million dollars per year. I don't care if it's Nick Bosa or who it is. Uh, not happening at all. I wouldn't pay forty million. I would say, hey, you're going to lose checks if you hold out this year. You're gonna you play on your current. Um, fifth year option, and then we'll franchise tag you next year because franchise tag will be a lot cheaper than $40 million per year. Uh, that is that that would be insane if he was able to come close to getting $40 million. And what's up, Freddie Mac Dre? He says, What's up, Ant? Hey, hashtag TTC. Welcome, Freddie Mac Dre, to the house. Roberto says, Unless Bosa can throw TDs as well, he ain't getting $40 million. Whew. And Freddie Mac Dre says, Bring back Robbie Gold. The only way Robbie Gold becomes an actual option for the 49ers is if they plan on shutting down Jake Moody for the season. I can't see them doing that. Uh, I think that Robbie Gold is great. I mean, accuracy, everything. I think he was starting to lose some of his leg as far as distance, and I think that was playing into some of the ways the 49ers were handling their drives. Uh, they would get across midfield, and they knew they needed to get further uh, to be in field goal range. And I think sometimes when you have a kicker like Jake Moody, he gives you the advantage of getting three when you wouldn't normally have been able to get three with who you currently had. So I, I understand it, uh, but I don't think it's a real possibility until, you know, until uh, Jake Moody would be potentially out for the year. What's up, Marvin? How's it going? He says, howdy, Ant. Um, Mr. Corey says, yeah, Ayuk is unrestricted next year. Hufanga and Banks are eligible for exemption uh, extensions not a dime over 32 million. So Ayuk is going to play on his fifth year option next year. So that's why he negotiates. They'll negotiate between year four and, and five for him. So he would play at a little over $14 million. If Brandon Ayuk is on the contract or on his fifth year option next year, I think he'd like to get an extension done. Uh, and with Hufanga and Banks, yes, you'll start working on contracts for them. And that's going to be a, a pretty penny as well, especially Hufanga. So you do have to save money for other people. You also are going to have restricted free agent and Jawan Jennings. They're probably going to have to pay four, you know, four and a half million dollars for. Uh, so there, there's roster money that are going to be coming for a while. Uh, Phil says, I've had a crush on Nick Sakel, but he hasn't panned out. Should have cut him to make room for McCurry Ball or other good player. Uh, I, I think if you were talking about another offensive lineman that had played at the level at which Nick Sakel played, I think you have a real good conversation. In fact, when I did my 53-man roster, I did cut Nick Sakel, but I agonized over it because I think Nick Sakel is still a developmental process. Um, he's a guy that needs more time, and the four years are electing to give him more time. Those eight offensive linemen ahead of him are going to be the guys you are expected to to play well. He'll probably be inactive you know, for some of the football games. Uh, so to me, it's fine. They must believe McCurry Ball can get to you know through waivers and onto their practice squad. Uh, so I get it. I get your point as well, Phil, about Nick Sakel. And I know a lot of people were highly disappointed with him and how he performed in the preseason. I saw it as an improvement over his rookie season. And I thought that uh, he was, you know, on the verge of making this team and he did. And so I'm not as down on him as everyone else, but I also understand, you know, that people see uh, things a little bit different. So I'm a, uh, I'm not as down on Zakel. And I think, 
you know, I think everyone knows I've been kind of consistent with my belief that Zakel is still uh, developing. And Robert Roberto says the team looks solid. Let's see where this team is after all the IR pup movement. Maybe some of those vets that were cut come back. Yes, some of the some of the vets are coming back. Austin Bryant and um, Kerry Hyder, they're both going to be coming back. And I, I think that you know you might see even some more guys. We'll see. I think Willie Sneed ends up on the 49ers practice squad. I think he'll actually be active for week one versus Pittsburgh, handling kickoff and punt return duties, and also probably helping block because they're probably not going to have Ray Ray McLeod and Danny Gray more than likely will end up on the IR. So those things are still coming down the pipe here pretty soon. And Mr. Corey says, we don't need any line, any more linebackers. We need O-line help. Yeah, I think the question was Deshaun Jameson. You know, I mean, Deshaun Jameson, potentially, you know, you could have kept as a sixth cornerback. The 49ers have elected through the years to keep five most of the time. So I get it. Stream elements. I accidentally clicked on you. Sorry. BB fits his aunt. What's the prognosis on Isaiah Mitch, uh, Elijah Mitchell's return? So he's been practicing again. So Elijah Mitchell looks to be on target. And of course, he was dealing with the adductor again. So that's been a problem. But it looks like he's going to be good to go. And I concur with Josh here. He says, I want Conley back. Couldn't agree more. I, I want Conley to come back as well. I thought he did a really good job. And he's a good blocker. Uh, Marvin says, this roster will change throughout the year. They will eventually sign Bosa and then more movement. You're absolutely correct. Kyle Shannon literally came out today and said, I don't know. You know, he's like, I basically told the team, like, don't worry about the final 53-man roster. Uh, there's never been a final 53-man roster on Tuesday that didn't look different on Wednesday. And I, I think he's right. You know what I mean? I, I think this thing is going to change. And we know Hyder and, and Austin Bryant are two guys they expect to bring back. And I expect something at the wide receiver position, too. We'll see how that ends up playing out. Uh, and Randy says, is there any O-line out there? There is lots of, lots of players were getting cut and, uh, you know, some of them will be signed. Uh, we'll see. And Josh says, uh, our roster changes the most each year. Agreed. I think it does. And I think it's going to change over the next couple of weeks as well. And so we'll see how it plays out. A lot of it's going to be determined by injuries, how far along Ray McLeod is in the next couple of weeks how far along Jake Moody is in the next couple of weeks, and there'll still be some movement. And we know throughout the year, the 49ers are going to completely rotate through uh, the middle part of their practice squad. This is just what they do. And I, you know, this is what they have to do to continue to build this roster. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the 49ers, there's going to be a lot of movement in the NFL. There's a lot of movement. There was players all around this league that got waived or released today that I was you know, a little surprised and, and good players as well. Mr. Corey says, Ant, have you noticed that Drake Jackson seems to rush better from the inside than the edge? Uh, I think a lot of times it does because then he can use his quickness. I think a lot of the edge rushers rush better from the inside because then you're going against a guy that has shorter arms. Uh, they have less of a wingspan. They're not as athletic and, and as good athletes are as gifted in space as tackles. Uh, so it does happen. Plus, you get a lot more space once you get these edge rushers in the wide nine uh, with the 49ers being able to get upfield, they take tackles and create more space for you to be able to operate. And I think that helps. Plus, you're just closer to the quarterback. Uh, all those things combine, and it makes for a better situation for Drake. Um, I think he'll come in, and he'll probably have some success in that type of role. The question will be how much are they going to go with some of these DNs playing on the inside when you've got Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead playing on the inside. I think it'll happen from time to time, probably mainly when Ken Law and Givens are in there. Uh, but overall, how much is that going to play into what the 49ers do? Edge rushers. I think it's pretty interesting overall. And I'm a fan of Drake Jackson. I think he'll continue to uh, to grow. Of Josh's, I don't think Jackson has developed as much as they wanted him to. Still isn't an every down edge player. That's 100% correct. That was my biggest question mark for Drake Jackson coming into training camp. Had he developed playing the edge against the run? And I still don't think he's as good bending the corner as a lot of people think he would be with his tremendous athleticism. So uh, I think there's development there, but that's why you get Cleveland Farrell. And I think Farrell has looked very solid. I'm a huge fan of Farrell. I believe Farrell has put on film in preseason and what he's done in training camp that he could eclipse Samson Ebicom's five sacks. I'm not saying double digits or anything like that, but if you told me Cleveland Farrell could get you know six sacks, seven sacks, I think that's in the realm of possibility. David Williams says, any news on Bosa? No, nothing as of right now about Nick Bosa. It will come. 
uh, just win. We don't know. And hopefully the number is closer to 32 million than 40 million. Uh, but we'll see what happens there with Nick Bosa. And now that the ro- you know, roster decision, hopefully it comes down tomorrow. That would be great. Uh, full focus on Pittsburgh. I'm excited to get through roster things and get to Pittsburgh. And I'm sure we'll see that happen here in the next you know week or so. Uh, Josh says Farrell has been the best edge so far. Couldn't agree more. Uh, he, he's been fantastic all through the preseason. His technique is very solid. Huge, huge fan of him for sure. BV says, Ant, any truth that Brock tweaked his shoulder in the Charger game? Uh, I am unaware of, of, you know, whether he tweaked his shoulder or not. I do believe that, you know, that he did take a little bit of time off during uh, some of the drills. They equated it to him being on a pitch count, which I thought was over. Uh, so I don't know for sure. We did have the incident where he banged knees with Jordan Mason. Maybe that got to him as well. Maybe it has less to do with the shoulder, more to do with the leg. So I don't know for sure. Uh, I believe that if he really did tweak his arm, they would shut him down. He wouldn't be throwing at all right now. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what the 49ers end up doing with Brock Purdy. But uh, hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully this is a nothing burger because I, I haven't heard about the shoulder yet. Uh, but I could see, you know, that uh, be something. And Samuel says, do you think Bose is waiting for Chris Jones to sign first? I think he shouldn't because Chris Jones is dug in. And Chris Jones believes he can wait until week eight of the regular season. Uh, Bosa can't wait till week eight. Bosa loses a million dollars every single game that he doesn't play. So, I mean, if he, he waits till week eight, he miss, he loses eight of his $18 million. Uh, wh- what are you doing that for an extra $8 million on your guaranteed money? Like, I just don't think you do that. If you were on your third contract, like Chris Jones, you have the money to do that. Yeah, go ahead. Hold out. I, I just don't think that is, um, that's something that's going to happen. What's up, John? He says, I heard it's more feasible for Bosa to sign after the 53-man roster is set. As far as roster, you have more flexibility. I don't think that was the intention. Uh, maybe it was recently. This is my thought process, that this wasn't their intention initially. Uh, but if it got close to them coming to a deal over the last couple of days, yeah, it would make sense. You could get extra guys you know, to your roster. So uh, it could happen, and, and, and maybe that was what they ended up doing. Um, so we'll see. WTM says if Bosa gets 38 million, does that guarantee we lose huge players two years from now? We could start losing players next year because I think if if Bosa got 38 million, realistically Kyle Uzcheck is gone. He has a a part of his contract. His co- contract is broken up into two parts, and after this season is when they can reevaluate it. And he's going to make over seven million dollars next year. I already saw him as a restructure candidate. I think that would put him as a sorry, you're going to be gone. Um, you know gone it pretty soon so hopefully it's not 38 million and it's closer to 32 million this of course is give me your honest assessment on mckivitz i think he's a better six lineman not starter i've been a huge fan of mckivitz so i went in with zero expectations like zero on colton mckivitz i went into training camp and i just watched him and what i saw was a guy especially in past situations that was completely confident comfortable he looked in control the entire time. He was fantastic. Then I saw him improve in the run game and be able to move people off the point of attack, be able to take the proper lanes to get to second level, which isn't easy uh, with the lines and lanes you have to take in Kyle's scheme. So I've been very happy with Colt McKivitz. I don't know if we're going to get an ascension like we have get got from some of the other guys that have stepped in, but I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, and I... I just feel more comfortable with him after watching him through training camp than I ever have. So uh, it's, yeah. And David says, is there anyone on the 53 that will be going on IR? I think Robert Beal. Robert Beal and Danny Gray are the two that I see. Uh, with Beal not practice, not playing in any of the preseason games, I think he's a prime candidate. With them bringing back Austin Bryant and Kerry Hyder, it makes sense to me. Uh, so I can see Robert Beal going on the IR and then Danny Gray because I think he wouldn't be really available because of the injury until week four anyways. Uh, so you might as well put him on there and not have to rush him back. And that'll give you the freedom uh, on your roster to do the things you want to do. It could be as simple as you bring Kerry Hyder back. Uh, and that's why you have that open spot. You only keep five wide receivers. You put Willie Sneed on your practice squad. And then he elevates and is the extra receiver, the fifth receiver for games. They could do that. Um, so I, I think those two guys are prime candidates for the IR. Uh, the four yards have taken advantages for the other ones. So, uh, David Williams says, I can see 33 and a 40 uh, guaranteed for four years. 
I think Bosa is going to get a six-year deal. I think it's going to be huge money, massive money, highest paid player. Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, Paul says, hey, Aunt, missed you Friday. Was a blast. I'm glad you had a good one on Friday. Paul, sorry, I couldn't go to the game. And I'm actually uh, glad I couldn't. I got really ill on Friday. Barely made it through the game. Was sick all day Friday, all day Friday night, all day uh, Saturday. So, uh, but I, I'm glad you had a blast at the game. You deserve it. Uh, Paul, one of the greats. If you guys have met Paul before, he's just fantastic. I met him a couple of times at our draft party, uh, training camp last year. Uh, he's one of the good ones. So if you guys ever interact with Big Papa, that's Paul. He's he's really awesome. Um, let's see here. Josh says, Holland working with Graham and Winters for a whole season is fire. Those two guys got potential. Those two guys got a lot of potential. I'm looking forward to them next year. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to them big time next year. And Marvin says, you still look a little pale there, Ant. Yeah, I'm not 100%. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not hundred percent. So, uh, you're on it. I've been, uh, just pushing through, but I'm going to get there. You know what I mean? I don't know what I, how I got sick, but about halfway through the 49er game, I was, I needed to watch that game back. It was a, it's a little bit of a struggle there. Uh, so yeah. And so guys, I'm actually going to be getting out of here pretty soon. I hope you guys all have a great day. Uh, enjoy and go through these, these roster moves. There'll be more things tomorrow. Practice squad will be built. I'll be back talking about the 49ers practice squad. Be back talking about any roster moves, any things that comes up. Come back and join me. We'll have another fun conversation. You guys really are the best. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.